Hey, welcome to Wizard Boys, the podcast where two grown men vent their wizard-haunted brains for your amusement. Every episode, we cover a different wizard from movies, myth, or media. I'm Maxulon the Magnificent, And I'm Jordismo the Jordabulous. And this episode, we're going to be talking about Jafar from Disney's Aladdin. Well, mostly Disney's Aladdin. There are many other Jafars, but 90% of the information that we have is going to be from Disney's Aladdin. Aladdin. Yeah. There's some ancillary Jafars. There's some Jafars from the sequel. But at that point, he's not a wizard. He's a genie, which doesn't count. Sometimes he pretends to be a wizard, so. In future episodes, we'll have a wizard from role-playing games, cartoons, myth. But Jafar seemed like a good jumping-off point. We tried an episode where we did Merlin, and let me tell you, there's a lot of shit about Merlin. Merlin's been around way too long to cover easily. Yes, we're going to be doing wizards from all over. Not, we're not going to be doing them, but we're going to be talking about wizards from all over uh, the fictional and sometimes non-fictional stratospheres of worlds. Yeah, I don't know why that sentence means, just, but we're just going to not. We're gonna. It. We're not going to examine it. We're just going to say it. Uh, yeah, we're both huge nerds who are just obsessed with wizards, and we're under wizards. quarantine. So like every other white man, we've decided to start a podcast. That's important. It's part of, it's part <laughs> of our DNA. Mm-hmm. You know, you cut us open and you just find a microphone inside. Let's meet the wizard. Yeah, let's get some, some basic facts about Jafar. So let's start with one. Jafar is a advisor or a grand vizier. That's I think that's important. That's a, that's a, a type of wizard, I yeah. think. As a classic wizard position is the Grand Vizier Wizard. I think the Grand Vizier Wizard is uh, typified by being willing to betray, usually by a pointy beard, often, you know, have killed off everyone else in their way. And they usually have a bumbling king that they, uh, mm-hmm. you know, move behind uh, the shadows in. Often, but not always. Sometimes there's Grand Viziers with competent kings. They are usually quite charming, or usually very obviously evil. I think they're almost always obviously evil. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole Discworld book about that. That's true. That's uh, Small Gods. Uh, I think it's in Small Gods, but it's also in one of the first two ones, like the ones that aren't very good. Oh yeah, the uh, um, Color of Magic and Light Fantastic. Yeah, there's... one of those two, and they're yeah. like, "Oh, we always get the most evil of Grand Vizier, so that way we know where the evil is going to be coming from, <laughs> so we know who to not trust, and then anyone who's working with him, we know that they're definitely going to be a bad guy." <laughs> and then every every six months, we just execute the Grand Vizier and start over. Over again, it keeps the keeps everything down. It's not a perfect system, but it works. <laughs> yeah, and then there's actually one Grand Vizier who's good, and then mm-hmm. he's like, "No, no one believes me because I'm a Grand Vizier. I just wanted to help the country." <laughs> I love Discworld. I well, we, we a future episode we should definitely do Discworld wizards, but uh, there's there's a lot of good wizards. Oh, in so many good wizards in the Discworld. Anyway, so Jafar is the Grand Vizier type wizard. And his sort of his ambition here is that he wants to get the lamp so that he can have ultimate power. I mean, I think essentially he wants to be the sultan, but then when he gets his hands on it, he goes, wait a minute, that's dumb. Well, you know, it's interesting. At first in the the movie of Aladdin, he kind of seems to want the lamp for its own sake. And then when the sultan, when Jasmine starts saying that she'll never trust him and she'll have him like thrown out or executed, that's when he's like, oh, I'll marry her and become sultan at his parrot's suggestion. I will throw this out here. I think he so, just wants um, power. 
Jafar actually has uh, some cut scenes and a cut villain song that was not actually finished in the movie. Um, he actually has a few villain songs that they tried, which you, you might notice that his villain song is a reprise of a, an earlier song. Mm-hmm. And that's because they were having a really hard time getting a good villain song in there for him. Um, and one of them is basically about how he's sort of like um, a darker version of Aladdin in that he grew up on the streets. I mean, I don't know if this starts, counts as canon or not, but I think it works for his character. He grew up on the streets, but he was really smart and he uh, got himself like promoted up to Grand Vizier and he's just like, the Sultan is the dumbest person on Earth. I actually work hard and I'm smart and I could run things way better, but due to the fact that you know we live in a feudalistic society, I have to be you know number two to this bumbling moron. And that's like where all of his his anger comes from. He just wants to be Sultan because he's like, I could do such a better job. I mean, he's not wrong. He's very right, actually. That, that he's very right in this in this situation. We're not saying that he is incorrect. That's just just how it is. Just that the ends don't justify the means, probably. Maybe. I mean, honestly, in in the city of Agrabah, people are constantly getting their hands cut off. Uh, yeah, the they guards, they, you know. they cut off your your ears if they don't like their face. Oh uh, yeah, I that's oh love they, that real racist lyric. In yeah, that they, song. they 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 changed that one like a year after it came out. That was too racist for even 1996. I remember that I got the the soundtrack on tape, and they changed that one like within like a year of getting it, and I was like, oh. And, and my dad was like, oh, that's because they're a bunch of you know, PC people, which I think is kind of funny because my father has slowly become more and more liberal mm-hmm. as time has gone on and not the other way around like most fathers. Good for your dad. Good for him for bucking the trend. Yeah. What happened is he quit his job, started biking and, and smoking a lot of pot and, you know, kind of mellowed uh, out. Yeah. Exercise and weed, the most potent <laughs> and, spell and of all. And not having to go to your terrible job for <laughs> 50 hours a week. It's a powerful energy, a powerful spell. Exactly. So Jafar, so he grew up on the streets, scrabbled his way up, and he wants to be Sultan because he can do a better job. Exactly. His power source is, seems to be the various artifacts he yeah, has. If I was going to go over, we got to go over this. He does not use any actual magic at any point. Until he wishes to be a until powerful he sorcerer. To be a until, sorcerer he, for, until the genie grants him that. But yeah, no, it's all, um, he has got a scarab that finds him the Cave of Wonders. Mm-hmm. He's got a wizard staff that hypnotizes people. It's in the form of a snake. Yep. And he's got he's got a big tracking machine that's apparently powered by a parrot running on a wheel that yep. uh And he's got the, some smoke bombs and stuff too. That but, are just smoke bombs. Yeah, they're <laughs> just smoke bombs. He just goes in there and then he's got a lot of he's got a lot of mechanical stuff too, yeah. because I think, you know, I, I think it's implied that he's built all these secret lairs and passages in mm-hmm. so he's kinda like really smart architect kind of guy, but no actual magic, just a lot of Magical gugas that he magical has. items and gugas. Yeah, it's all it's all stuff he's discovered. So he's hardworking. He like knows how to do his research, and he's apparently a brilliant engineer because he built a yeah. magical scrying machine. You know, exactly. Yeah. If you actually look at the other wizards in the Aladdin canon, which there are uh, very few actually, but if you look at the Aladdin cartoon, mm-hmm. uh, there are not a lot of mortal wizards with any powers at all that are derived from themselves. There's this dude, Mosenrath, who's sort of like the uh, Jafar of the animated series. Yeah. And his power it all comes from a uh, magical glove that he has. Really? Yeah, all of it comes from magical glove. He puts the magical glove on. It turns his arm into a skeleton arm. Sick. He was supposed to be the main villain for Aladdin 3, Prince of Thieves. That's the one with the Midas Touch, right? 
I don't remember. I didn't watch that one recently. Yeah, the, the third one, he there's like a band of thieves, and they're trying to get the Midas touch, and Aladdin's father is there. It's all sorts of cool stuff. At the yeah. end, Aladdin's father turns himself to gold to save Aladdin, stuff like that. Yeah, I do remember that. It was a good. Yeah. It was supposedly one of the good ones. Um, but yeah, he was originally that. supposed to be Aladdin's brother, it turned mm. out. They kept on trying to come back to this, like, Aladdin going down a darker path, and they didn't get to do it with Jafar, so they're going to do it with him. But then the voice actor was, like, unable to be obtained. They couldn't find him, so... They scrapped that idea and they went with the, the dad instead of the, the brother. I feel like, yeah, the whole dark side of Aladdin, Aladdin going down a darker path, or the, the counterpart of the hero, is such a potent thing. And it's, it's sad that they weren't able to achieve it at all in any Aladdin movie. I guess his dad, kind of, but... Mm. Yeah, I mean, his dad is like the king of thieves, which I'm also going to throw out that... I don't know, I keep saying we're going to throw these things out. We're not throwing anything out. But in the Aladdin mythos as well, a lot of these magics just don't seem to be what they are. Like, for instance, Jafar is able to actually undo one of Aladdin's wishes. He says he's going to be prince, and he goes, oh, you know, here he is. And it's like, he doesn't just take the costume off. Aladdin is, like, legitimately not a prince by the end of that. Like, I was on the impression that when he... When the genie turns Aladdin into Prince Ali, and he's got all of these men and people, that he actually created an entire kingdom of Ali Ababwa. Yeah, it's not clear how exactly that does work. But yeah, he, he is undone, especially because the genie at the end promises to restore it. Yeah, he said, I can make you a prince again. And I'm like, well, is a prince just a costume? Or is it a thing where like you actually made a whole country and things? So was uh, Jafar able to actually undo that, which is sort of... I mean, it's sort of so. He says he wants to be the most powerful sorcerer in the world, and Genie is not really pleased to be making these wishes, so I imagine he just found whoever was the most powerful sorcerer in the world and just made him like one-tenth of a percent more powerful. That means that in this world somewhere, there is there is wizards doing stuff. Yeah. There are just powerful wizards who are self-powered. That we have just know. never met. Yeah. Because we, as we've seen, the genie has the power. Well, you know, actually, for a genie, he's pretty good about cleaving to the intent of the wish. Like, he's not the kind of genie who twists your wish too, too much, otherwise. Except for, I guess, at the very end. That, but that's Jafar not realizing his own consequences. The genie himself doesn't realize the consequence of Jafar wishing to be a genie himself. As opposed to, and that's not a thing that's only genies. I think just, just because the good-naturedness of, like, the original genie, because when Abysmal gets Jafar's lamp. He burns through two witches immediately because Jafar is doing dick wizardry with with that. Jafar's a real bastard. He's like, all right, I'm just going to say this. I'm too smart for you to make any witches that are going to work out unless you do the things I want you to do. And then if you do those things, then I'll grant your third wish and it will be a good wish. It's basically what he says. You know, Jafar, say what you will about him. He's got a good head on his shoulders. I will. I will throw out that the guy who gets it was George Costanza. Oh yeah. Well, that's gonna that's gonna put him at a disadvantage. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. His name was Abysmal because he was a really bad thief. Oh. He's abysmal. I get it. Oh. I, I'd like to also point out that Aladdin, the Aladdin series, also had villains like I Am a Ghoul, and oh, he was a right. ghoul. Yeah, it's not uh, not, a, <laughs> who, not a lot of subtlety in the old world who, of Aladdin. Who was, is who was played by Tim Curry? <laughs> Oh, what a get, though. Damn. So we have to talk about a few different stages of life of the Jafar. Mm -hmm. We've talked about how, he, at the beginning, his power source is all just artifacts. You know, he's, I don't even know if that can, counts as being a wizard. Maybe. Because he does have all those artifacts, and they do yeah. give him power. 
Hmm. He finds them. He use. He knows how to use them. Is the thing like none of those artifacts seem straightforward to use, except maybe his staff. I, I bet even the staff probably. You know, you gotta. You gotta figure it out. You yeah. gotta figure that out. You gotta figure it out. I honestly, he he's unlocked hidden. I'll just like. I guess you could call him like a tool user, maybe or an, an artificer. Artificer, because he, you know, he did make those. But if we go by Dungeons and Dragons rules, artificer is a type of wizard. Yeah, uh, though they can cast spells on their own too, and I don't. Yeah, I don't think he made them. I think he found them. Well, he makes the big scrying machine that Diego powers with his parrot feet. Did he make the gem that goes inside of it? He knew that the Sultan's gem would be the gem that would make it work. It doesn't seem like that gem has its own inherent powers. Yeah, no, he steals the gem. He hypnotizes the Sultan into giving him the ring. Yeah, I remember that. So I'm just like, well, but you know, the Sultan is the Sultan, so maybe he's got a magic ring. It could be. He could maybe he could just recognize it though. So I think by the definition of a wizard, you know, unlocks her powers through study and effort and knowing secrets. He's a wizard. Yeah, by the I'll, I'll give him it. I mean, he's not a high-powered level wizard. Like, he's not no. a, you know. He, he knows some tricks and he knows how to use stuff. I, I would call him a wizard, you know. Exactly. And so his power source at first is these these tools. And then near the end of the movie, he wishes to be the most powerful sorcerer in the world. And that gives him inherent power, which he uses to unweave Aladdin's whole thing, whole dealio of being a yeah, prince. Yeah, they're all pun-based powers, too, which I appreciate. Yeah, he turns the sultan into a puppet. There's some smartness in that right there, because he was a puppet the whole time. He's just showing him. He's just showing the world. Exactly. I, I like that. He traps Jasmine in a big hourglass. She's running out of time, princess. And then he unravels uh, the rug, because uh, things are unraveling for you, boy. And then the monkey tries to get him, and he's like, don't toy with me. Yeah, he turns into a toy monkey. Turns into a toy monkey. Turns the tiger into a little kitten. Yeah, I don't remember I don't what think he says there's a pun that. with that one. Here's the thing, though. Are those pun-based powers... No, they're not pun-based powers, but he's he's very quick on his feet. He's very for, quick on his feet. He's, he's, kind of he's having a blast, and you love to see a wizard just enjoying himself. You know, exactly. it's great to see the joy he has in, in doing these evil spells. And of course, but he does make the classic mistake of turning himself into a giant snake, which yeah. you know actually does work out for him pretty well. Yeah, the snake. The snake wasn't the problem. You the snake know? wasn't they're the problem. Like, it was his own how hubris. How snake-like can I be? And he just did it, and then it was all. If he hadn't stopped to talk to Aladdin, he would have squeezed the life right out of him. It would, yeah. uh, you know, it'd be Jafar Eternum. No, and also to, to to look at this as I I think that you know Jafar didn't really know Aladdin all that well. He didn't really interact with him a ton. He pretends to be the old man, and that's not really, like, they're not best pals. They don't really have a no. conversation. Like, no. Jafar doesn't really have a problem with Aladdin so much as just that Aladdin has his lamp, and then Aladdin is trying to stop him. That's it. He would be happy to let Aladdin just, well, actually, no, he was going to kill Aladdin when he was done with him. But that's mostly because Aladdin got the lamp, and then he just couldn't have any witnesses. He doesn't bear any enmity towards Aladdin particularly. He just is like, I'm just going to kill Jafar seems to kill all of his, all of his, like, Gazim, the thief in the beginning that finds the, uh, that guy gets eaten. Yeah. Gets <laughs> eaten by the cave. Jafar, he's not so much, um, malignant as he just is totally amoral. Yes, exactly. Yeah. He's not, he's not out to get you, but he's, he's very much out for himself and only he's, himself. He's a pragmatist, and the most pragmatic thing is just to kill this person so they can't cross he has, him. He's got way more power than any, any peasants, you yeah. know, he's... Which he's is the sad because he's, he's he forgotten his origins. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But he he does outrank even the princess, I believe. Yeah, no. the The guards say, "Sorry, Princess Jafar's orders," when she tells him them to release Aladdin. 
They exactly. can, you know, J.R. ranks them. Which I guess, you know, it makes sense. She's she's the princess, but she hasn't been trained to rule. She's also she's kind I of expected to be married like off. She's like fourteen. Yeah, it would, it like, would honestly be unfortunate if the princess was able to override, you know, the the order of the Grand Vizier, who supposedly, you know, at the very least and, and, and if we are going by the deleted scenes, got that position by merit. Exactly. One of the things I noticed though is there are no other advisors that we see in the movie. The Sultan says, Ah Jafar, my most trusted advisor. But we don't see a single other advisor. And in fact, it seems like the palace is almost entirely empty. Would you say that, you know, he, who, I don't remember, what is the name of the head of the guard? Razul? He, he might be concerned as an advisor, like on military manners. That matters. could be it. That could be it. That's fair. Maybe one other advisor who is clearly just loves, loves being a jerk. And I, I will say that in, um, I believe Aladdin 2, the Sultan tries to make Aladdin his Grand Vizier, and then Aladdin's like, no. <laughs> no, because I don't want to stab you in the back. <laughs> he doesn't want that. I don't want to become a snake and then a genie. Yeah, that, that's the life cycle. <laughs> it's the life cycle of a, of a Grand Vizier. You know, so it's like, it's caterpillar, chrysalis, butterfly. Exactly. It's one of those, those three-stage ones. So here's the thing, though. I think we can kind of summarize that Jafar killed off all the other advisors. I would definitely say that's probably the case i think that's a safe leap you know yeah. he sneaks up behind them he hypnotizes them he gets them to you know jump into a big bottle of water well, he gets them to like obviously betray the sultan and then he's like mm. i would never betray you like i would never ones. betray you sultan now let me just execute this man and yes, turn exactly. him into a parrot oh, man i was actually gonna wonder because i was thinking all the other things that he's got are all basic magic items but yago is a fa- he's got a familiar and that's he's not familiar. like He's not he's not like just a talking parrot like he's a human level intelligence talking parrot and actually you know here's the thing Iago is who the person who gives Jafar the idea in the first place to betray the sultan and marry Jasmine and then executes the sultan and Jasmine it's it's Iago the parrot's idea Exactly it is and Iago is also the one who eventually betrays him and kills him in the end as well yeah, and in the second movie. In the second movie. So, you know, Iago, I think, is the real power behind the power behind the throne. Yeah, exactly. He's the power behind the power behind the throne. I like and that. parrots live longer than humans. Some parrots so, live longer than humans. So maybe that, Iago's that been around. Maybe does. Iago's the real boss. Maybe Iago groomed Jafar from a young age to become this advisor. The parrot finds a boy on the streets. He recognizes potential in him, sees a cutthroatness mirrored in himself. You know, it's it's a it's an Aladdin Abu thing. You know, Abu is Aladdin's worst uh, worst uh, tendencies magnified. You it know, is the monkey because he loves stealing. He's very greedy. That kind of thing. Aladdin is a tempered Abu, tempered with humanity and love. Iago is Jafar's worst tendencies, uh, but without the humanity that sets Jafar even nominally apart. And I think that Jafar fell under Iago's influence at a young age and had that removed. I don't, I mean, I, I think that's a theory. I really think that's probably not true. Um, just so play with me in the space, Jordan. I, I will space. play with you in the space, but I just want to, I, I, I see Jafar really seems to be way more powerful than Iago. He makes Iago do things that he doesn't want to do. He humiliates mm. him. He stuffs he lets the, the sultan stuff crackers in his mouth, and he calls him a stupid bird. When Iago gets sucked into the lamp, he leaves because he's sick of Jafar always bossing him around. Mm. That's the reason he gives. Mm. And then he turns good, and then Jafar basically just bullies him into betraying Aladdin again. 
it doesn't really seem like Iago is the power behind this throne, but he might have influenced a young boy into evil, but not... I think it was the case of the monster overcoming the Frankenstein. Yeah, something like that. I mean, it's the same thing with Aladdin. I mean, Abu definitely encourages some bad things, but Aladdin's definitely the one in charge. That's true. Well, Aladdin's a full-grown man at this point. You know, he's not going to listen to just a parrot telling him things. But are you telling me a young boy wouldn't listen to a talking, sentient, human-level intelligence parrot who seems to have all the right answers and a cutthroat, you know, instinct? Who is also just that voice. With Gilbert Godfrey's unquestionable voice the Affleck. fucking like the, the the parrot who let's be honest will follow you around and torment you every moment every every day if you don't listen to him it's, hey it's, hey jafar why haven't you betrayed the sultan yet jafar pretty true right there yeah yeah now now you can enjoy these crackers because he gets the sultan at the end <laughs> Finally, I'm feeding crackers to the man who only wanted to be kind to me. <laughs> Honestly, it's a very parrot move, though. Have you met yeah. a parrot? Terrible Parrots, creatures. Yeah, they're not nice. I used to work no. at an old folks' home, and they had a parrot, and the parrot just made fun of all the old people who lived there all the time. Oh, and they parrot, no. And he was like, hey, hey, and they'd get near it and be like, leave me alone, and then they'd have to get away from it. That's what what an it awful would parrot. Awful like, birds. What? Who taught it to do that? Ah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so um, anyway, we, we went back to their essential life story a little bit, their power mm. source. Um, mm. but, but we were saying, you know, how powerful is Jafar when he is a sorcerer? Because as far as I can tell, he doesn't seem any more particularly powerful as a genie. Well, you know what? We'll, we'll dive into that. Let's, let's enumerate his powers as a sorcerer. He seems to be able to transform things whenever he wants to. He can uh, move things around. He can uh, summon objects. He can um, in in the Disney's um, Aladdin and Hercules crossover. When he comes back, he is only the most powerful sorcerer and is not a genie. He is okay. only a sorcerer. He can summon um, monsters out of a right. portal, um, and he can shoot like laser blasts from his staff. Okay. Well, okay. So laser blasts, monster mm-hmm. summoning. Object summoning, incredibly strong telekinesis. He sends that tower somewhere very cold. Yeah, he like launches into the North Pole. Yeah, launches into the ends of the Earth. Yeah, yeah, with his golf swing, which I enjoy. Mm-hmm. He's got style. He's a styling wizard. Yeah, his his charisma is up there, which does mm-hmm. go with the fact that he's probably a sorcerer. But oh, yeah, we'll get absolutely. to that in the another segment here. Yes, and then when he becomes a genie, you've uh, you've seen the second Aladdin. So what are his powers as a genie? About the same. Um, about the same. He can transform into things. He can't really do anything without being, like, wished to, besides, like, being really threatening, though. Well, he probably has um, the and potential. He can, be- he can also yeah. beat the original genie um, with no problem, but that's, I think, because after the genie comes back after being wished his freedom, he doesn't have his phenomenal cosmic power. Yeah, yeah. He's still powerful. He can still yeah, do stuff. Yeah, he can stuff. still do stuff, but not... Yeah, not as much. You know, he's more of a trickster at that point instead of being, like, uh, uh, changing the reality of the world. So, yeah, so I think we can then assume as a genie, you know, seeing other genies' effects, that he can grant great magical power. He can change the basic fabric of the world. I think that as a sorcerer, he wouldn't be able to make someone else a sorcerer. I think... No, yeah, that I would be true. That, yeah, I think yeah. that... I think his big thing was that he saw that, you know, the genie has more powerful than he'll ever had. 
he could give you that power, he could take it away kind of thing, and he was like, oh, but if I'm a genie, no one can wish me to be not a genie. I don't think that that's in there. Yeah. Their, their and he, thing. like, starts making the planets dance and stuff in the brief moment of freedom he has before exactly. he Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he's, he's got some stuff, but he never gets free. So we never actually see him at, like, full power. power. And then, yeah. uh, once again, when the genie is freed, he ends up being toned down in power. Yeah. Mostly so that the cartoon does, doesn't have, you know... The genie fixed The it. genie fixed everything for all their problems. He, like, runs out of power and gets tired all the time and stuff doesn't really work and people see through his stuff because he's more of a clown in fact Mm -hmm. jafar though that might be a thing with actually the original genie because jafar is very disdainful of the genie and when he is jafar genie um he even has a whole song about how he considers the genie a second rate clownish buffoon who doesn't take his job seriously which ties right back into that sultan thing he doesn't respect anyone who doesn't have you know a high level of intelligence. And he wants like people to take their things seriously. Mm-hmm. But yeah, his whole song, Second Rate, which is all puns yeah. and talking about how he finds the genie amusing, but he can't really do anything and then traps him into a ball. Mm-hmm. Just a little jar. Yeah. You know, in the TV show, fun fact, the genie was not voiced by Robin Williams, but by yeah. Dan Castellanata, who was Simpson. doing a Robin Williams impersonation. Yeah, also in Aladdin 2, the same thing. But uh, Robin Williams does come back for your, uh, Aladdin 3. Uh, well, that's and a good one, though. And a, I will also say that apparently um, Dan Castellania, I can never say his name right. Um, Castellaneta, yeah. Castellaneta did actually approach Robin Williams to ask him if it was okay to do. Good for you, Dan Castellaneta. Because he, he felt bad about it because yeah. he knew about the the business that had happened between Disney and uh, and Robin, Robin Williams, Williams, which is mostly to do with advertising. and uh, It always is. Yeah. He was like, I don't want to see my voice being used to advertise a whole bunch of cheap garbage. And they're like, of course not. We would never. <laughs> and they did. Yeah. And he was Monsters. like, it was in my contract that you wouldn't. And they're like, yeah, but the penalty clause in that contract is only $20 million. Here's your $20 million. And they're like, but, but you just weren't supposed to do it. And they're like, doesn't matter. And then they tried to bribe him with, like, a Van Gogh, I believe. A what? <laughs> yeah, um, Bob Eigner uh, tried to bribe uh, Robin Williams with, I think it's a Van Gogh, it might have been, like, a Picasso or something, but a, a famous piece of art. He was like, hey, look at this, I found it, it's for you, can you come back? And then they're like, we made a whole movie, it's called Hook, it's just for you, so you could come back and work with us again. Sounds like he took the Van Gogh. Uh, it wasn't the Van Gogh, but he really always wanted to be a um, Peter Pan. Oh. That was like one of his lifelong dreams. And he's like, well, I'm too old and fat to be Peter Pan. And they're like, we made a specific movie for you where Peter Pan can be old and fat. And it's just for you if you forgive us for this Aladdin thing so we can use you again in more movies. You know, sometimes it's good to have the most powerful media conglomerate on Earth owe you a favor. Yeah, it, it was pretty funny. Um, what's also interesting is that when Aladdin was originally made, um, um, Robin Williams was working on another movie, which was uh, Fern Gully. Uh, oh, I love Fern Gully. Where he played Batty. Um, yeah. And what's interesting about that is that they didn't want to have... This was like one of the first times when like actual celebrities were voicing characters. Um, in cartoons, they used to just get voice actors that were sp- specifically voice actors, but uh, Robin Williams was famous as a comedian. 
um, and they wanted to have Aladdin come out before Fern Gully, but Fern Gully was more complete. Um, so what uh, they just needed to transpose it onto film. And so what Disney did is they purchased every single available piece of film that they could transpose onto the movie. So oh wow, um, to keep so it that, coming yeah, out they, before they that. couldn't complete the movie because they couldn't get the actual physical materials to make the films. What the um, fuck? Disney? Yeah, and they were just like, "We'll just use these films later." We're Disney. It's not like we're going to not use them. So they bought out the world supply of this stuff to stop Fern Gully from coming out. So then um, Aladdin came out first, so they could be the first guys to have Robin, Robin Williams. Williams. And if you remember, I don't know, you might you're a little younger than me, but. When they advertised Aladdin, it was, and the genie is Robin Williams. It was, it was huge. The fact that it was Robin Williams, they advertised that constantly, which ended up being the thing that made Robin Williams so mad about that is that they advertised him as the the main, Attraction the main thing than, of yeah. anything else. Yeah. Oh, and also, Fern Gully was made by a friend of Robin Williams, and he was really mad about them doing that too. So it was oh. it was not the best situation. Man, fucking fucking Disney. I know, right? The worst the worst wizard is Disney. It's is Walter Disney. <laughs> fucking that fucking mouse. Mm-hmm. Oh, we should, fucking Mickey we should, Mouse as a wizard. That's I'll put that on the spreadsheet. The, yeah. the sorcerer's apprentice. Yeah. I mean uh, pretty iconic. Pretty iconic. Um anyway, we've gone on that tangent for a bit. Um so let's talk about um That was a good tangent. I like that. There's a lot of a lot of interesting stuff that sometimes yeah. is in my knowledge hole that I can just pull out. Some of it might be vaguely wrong, um, but the gist of it is correct. Yeah, that's how podcasts work. We're not we're not held to any journalistic standard. Excellent. I think that's this is a good way time to segue into best spell. Um, what have we is... did the worst enemy or core sadness? Oh, you know what? We haven't. Jafar's worst enemy. Jafar's Aladdin. worst enemy. No. Oh, I mean, Aladdin, his own hubris? I was going to say either hubris. Yeah, his own hubris. Because, yeah. as I said, Aladdin doesn't give a shit about Jafar. Aladdin outside of the fact that yeah. he just happens to be a heroic type and Jafar is there as a target. If Aladdin Jafar was just, happy to let Jafar live and let live, man. Yeah, if, if Aladdin Jafar, would have given Jafar the lamp. Yeah, he would have. Done if his he own thing, man. If he hadn't thrown him back into the the cave of wonders, right? The, it's his I own mean, he, greed and hubris. Yeah, that he gets, gets the the, the lamp stolen because yeah. Abu steals it from him because he's mad about Aladdin being thrown into the the cave of wonders. He would have given it to him. He's like, hey, would. buddy, thanks. You did me a solid. Get me out of that prison. Bye. Thanks. Yeah. I'll take I'll take this cool carpet, or and, I'll just take some of the other treasures, and then he would have been trapped in there. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, and Aladdin, a thief yeah. like Aladdin. Just having the carpet would have made his whole fucking life. He would have Yeah, the been carpet a... was enough. Yeah, it was enough. Honestly, I he mean, could have started a delivery business. Not he could only have that, given but people rides, you know. One of the whole things was that Aladdin never needed even be a prince or have any of the stuff that Genie gave him. He just needed to be himself. He could have wooed Jasmine with that carpet alone. He did you know not need you're... the prince get up. God, you're so right. You know, the only thing I guess is that Jafar would have wished the the whole kingdom into being under his sway. So um, yeah, but I don't think he would have gone for being, uh, you know, the the wife of uh, or the husband of uh, Jasmine. He just wanted to be Sultan, so he would have just been like, "I'm Sultan." Yeah, and then he probably would have banished Jasmine and the Sultan, or maybe executed them. Yeah, but I feel like you know, then Aladdin could have, have evacuated them on his carpet, yeah, on his and carpet. Jafar would have been like, "This this is fine." 
Exactly, and they already knew each other, so that's yeah. fine too. Yeah. Um, you know, honestly, I, I would I'd watch that movie. <laughs> Princess in Exile, yeah, like, a, yeah, Prince if, of Thieves uh, with a cool carpet. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, that's the other thing is that I'm, one of my other theories is that the reason why he can so un- easily undo uh, the uh, whole prince thing as a sorcerer might be, be because Aladdin was already a prince the whole time because his father's the king of thieves. Uh, and oh. so that's why it was just a costume because he was yeah, already legitimately need. a prince. You just need to show so it. So he yeah. just needs to show it. Well, but, then that gets into the whole idea of, you know, what are the limits of the genie's powers? But well, this isn't a podcast about genies. It's a podcast about wizards. It's about Jafar. Sometimes about Jafar, it's a genie, but usually isn't. It usually isn't. Well, it's about Jafar and his wizard life, I think. And uh, then we're going to go into his core sadness. His core I think sadness. We've already kind of talked about that a yeah. bit. Ja- it's oh. that he forgets his origins and forgets that he wanted to, that he came up from the streets, yeah, he, forgets he about the people the he cared about, forgets that he wants to run a good kingdom, and he just dives into wanting power. Yeah, he, and, he, he, he gets so obsessed by the wrong people having power that by the time he has it, he's he's, he's already, lost himself. Yeah, he's lost He himself. is the he's wrong nuts. people. Yeah, he's the wrong yeah. people by that point because yeah. he had to work so hard. You know, it's sort of like when you're young, you're like, man, if I had a bunch of money, I'd use it for the good things. And you spend till you're like 60 or 70 and you finally get the money and you're like, God, fuck everyone else. I worked so hard for this. Mm-hmm. It, it's, so the core tragedy then of Jafar, the core sadness, well, it's not capitalism because capitalism doesn't technically exist at this point Yeah, no, in time it's definitely not capitalism, but it's feudalism. It's feudalism, the core sadness of Jafar is the it's feudal the, system. The monarchy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think that's pretty pretty good in there. Now we can go into his best spells. Um, All right. So this is the wizard's best canonical on-screen spell. Are we talking about when we say best? Are we talking about like the most powerful spell they have, the one that is the one that they get the most use out of, or the one that is the most iconic of them? Because I feel like I there's would some different say, things. I think you know. I think it's honestly up to your personal feeling about it. I was going to go with just my personal favorite spell but yeah let's let's take a second let's take a second and I think, think about i think it. there are two options here yeah you got polymorph mm-hmm. which is because he just turns everybody into something else or himself sure. yeah that's that's classic most powerful sorcerer uh, in the see, world i polymorph. was gonna go with specific instance of spell use because oh. i was also gonna think you know he does the you know his his hypnotism thing and you, yeah. you, you know that his whole career is probably based on that one hypnotism spell Oh, absolutely. That he just used, like, he's been using that for, like, 30 years. Yeah, let's let's go, I think, let's do two categories. Let's do uh, best use and most stylish. I mean, most stylish is definitely turning people into stuff with puns. Sure, like, sure, but I think specific use of that. My personal most stylish spell is when he turns the sultan into a puppet. Yeah, that, that has, it has a lot of levels there. A lot um, of levels. He doesn't need to do it. He's doing it yeah, just for him. Because the, you know? the sultan isn't any threat he's no like i don't even think he can move really very fast or do anything so he's just just a little guy he honestly what would he do other than yell you know it's it's just for style it's just to stunt on somebody it doesn't hurt him it just humiliates him it's he's venting a lot with that and it sucks and he also he also sends diago adam to stuff him full of crackers too that is great that is great I'd say that's most stylish right there. Yeah, that's definitely his like best spell. I think that even if you count all the genie stuff in Aladdin 2, I think that's still... I mean, Best spell, yeah. I, I'm going to say Aladdin 2 has not very good of a budget. At one point, he turns into a giant hand and talks about how 
his thumb is very powerful, and it's it's real dumb. What? Well, so he says that men cower at the power in my pinky. My thumb is number one on every list. And then he turns to a big ant. Huh. And the, the thumb has his face on it. That is a real bad mouthfeel. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Ugh. So yeah, and I would say most useful is his hypnotism staff. Oh yeah, he's that's, the moment that the moment the that is broken. That's when his his shit starts going crazy. He's got because he's like, we're gonna get killed. The the princess is gonna execute us, and we're gonna mm-hmm. die. Yeah, because I can't hypnotize people right now. Yeah, like no one's gonna believe me. Look at me. Look yeah, at look at look at I, how evil I look. <laughs> I just look so evil and 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 racist. Yeah. Should we talk yeah. about that? Let's mm, let's mm, let's save that for rate this wizard. Okay. Yeah, we can talk about that a little bit then. We'll get there but yeah, later. He, he look Jafar looks crazy racist, which you know makes sense considering he was designed by uh, mid nineties Disney. You know. Ugh. Yeah, they got a lot going on with that. Um, yeah, dude. So we'll come back to that. So I think I think we got a thing on the best spell yeah. now. Weirdest adventure. He doesn't really go on a lot of adventures. Um, or so maybe he finds he does. the Cave of Wonders. Yeah, he, he dresses up like an old man and frees Aladdin and goes to the Cave of Wonders again. Yeah, I mean, he probably goes on adventures to get all of his artifacts, to be honest. Yeah. But, like, just behind the scenes. And mm-hmm. they're probably not super weird so much as he hires a group of adventurers, goes yeah. with them, gets yeah. the thing, and then murders them all at the end. Yeah. So I think we can easily classify his weirdest adventure to be. When he is resurrected by Hades to torment uh, Hercules. Oh yeah, let's talk a little first bit more of all, about that. Ripped through time. They, these are not contiguous events. They uh, in the Disney one, they are happening at the same time. Okay. Well, um, we can. That's uh, that's the so... Disney's animated series of Her- Hercules does happen at the same time as Disney's animated series of Aladdin. Although uh, the Hercules series did come out like four years later. Um, but they were ongoing at the same time, and they both take place in sort of a antiquity time period. Okay, you know, I can can accept this. So it's close enough, and Agrabah isn't a real place. The Middle East was far more advanced than the West at this time, and also Greece was a center of culture, so they were sort of built up at the same time. We we can sort of massage it, you know. I I, I can believe it. I'm also going to throw out that... Um, Hercules canonically is one of the later gods. Um, he, uh, you know, like he's a mortal god. He doesn't show up at the beginning of the pantheon. Like we sort of have like all the Greek myths happening at once, um, in our mind. But in reality, like Hercules shows up like 300 years later after, you know, Zeus and everyone is born. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm looking it up. I'm looking up some stuff. Ancient Greece canonically begins around 800 BC. Mm. I, I would I would say that Hercules so, uh, could happen was somewhere. Originally, yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, Aladdin, was uh, originally Aladdin was a story from a thousand and one nights, right? Yeah. Um. So, which is told by Shahrazad. So mm-hmm. one was thousand and one nights set, or approximately. Hmm. So are, now I'm this, all, I also want to. So those just, are sort of 
cataloged during the 10th century. So, yeah, 8th and 9th century. We're about a thousand years, a thousand years at years apart. most. Yeah. So, Though there is a theory that Aladdin takes place in a post-apocalyptic universe. Go on. So uh, the theory goes from a few things. So first of all... Um, there's sneakers, I guess, and straws and things like that. There's things that. like that. Then on top of that, the genie uh, definitely references like uh, things from the present our day, present, yeah. which would be the past for him, they say. Uh, although I, I think it's more likely that he is, you know, a fifth dimensional Able to being. see the future, see yeah. Both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, especially since he says, you know, I've never seen another better person for you in a thousand years. Check me. I, I looked, which implies he sees the future. Uh, a few other things is that... Um, in several of the video games, there are um, stop signs, um, which are like like road signs that are placed yeah. in various places in the background, um, specifically the Genesis game. Um, also, uh, there is a rock formation in the Cave of Wonders uh, that looks like a nuclear bomb. Okay. okay. <laughs> and a few other things like that. It, it's really... This doesn't well, help. That would, that would just that doesn't, it, farther away from ancient Yeah, Greece. it doesn't help unless... No. Hercules no, no, also takes place in a post-apocalyptic so world. Let's, let's assume that Weirdest Adventure. Let's just let's just take as written. These are occurring in the eighth century AD and the eighth century BC, right? Or or maybe you know around then, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, let's let's be generous. Let's say it's a while into ancient Greece, um, from the twelfth to ninth century BC is to the end of antiquity. Let's call it. 146 BC, really late in ancient Greece, almost at the end of it, right? Like 200 BC. Mm-hmm. That's still uh, a, almost a millennium apart. I think that's probably just more likely that Aladdin is taking place in the past further than that is because Agrabah, like, like for instance, Hercules specifically takes place in Greece, but Aladdin takes place in Agrabah, which is not a real place. Um, and it is based on a, like, it's based on a story, but isn't really like the actual story, which is similar okay, to so Hercules. So I'm going to just say that ta- they both take at place pre- at the time So uh, here's the thing, though. They reference the god of Islam Yeah, they do give lot. you an Allah every once yeah. in a while. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it has to be after Muhammad. It has to be. I'm sorry. Does it have to be after Muhammad? Because Allah is just God. Okay, you know, let's be let's be. It, it, let's just say they're just referencing the Jewish God, and that's just they. they okay, use you know that what? Word for it. I'm looking it up. The history of the Arabs well, begins in the mid 9th century BC. Well, when does the word Allah show up? It's the word referring to God in Abrahamic religions, so it could mm. be as old as you know Judaism, which goes. But back these are clearly not time. the Jews. This is clearly not the Jewish people. I, I'm I'm not saying that they are. What I'm saying is that that religion is very very old. And that's how old that 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 God is. Mm-hmm. Um, so they might just. I think Allah is just the word for God in well, Arabic. So how old? How, how old, is old is the Arabic language? Well, we could, the Arab the history of the Arabs begins in the mid 9th century Seventh BC, century, yeah. which is the earliest known attestation of the old Arabic language. Yeah, so, they're they're not super old. Like they they feel like they are, but they're they're not. If we give them, if we really give them the benefit of the doubt, we're looking at the older Arabic language under the Neo Assyrian Empire, 
way back when with Arabic tribes. So those were mostly nomadic, and Agrabah is clearly a very built-up city. Maybe maybe they're just old, but it's super built up because they have a genius like Jafar working there this whole time. Oh, could be it. Well, let's look at – actually, you know what? I think what the clearest thing is going to tell us is the, the uh, history of the architecture of that particular tulip-shaped dome. Like, what, what I'm going to just say is that the episode, which is called Hercules and the Arabian Nights, definitely takes place after the end of Aladdin 1 because mm-hmm. Jafar – or Aladdin 2, Jafar is dead. Mm-hmm. Um, he convinces Hades to make him flesh and bones again. This is a conditional. Jafar only remains alive so as long as he holds his staff, etc. Um, and uh, the whole episode is supposed to be about how uh, Phil, who is Hercules's mentor, uh, and Danny DeVito, <laughs> is, is like you have to start being smart with your muscles instead of being, uh, instead of you know just brute forcing your way through things. Mm-hmm. But then when he tries to be smart. And go in toe to toe with Jafar on smartness. He loses until he just picks up a big statue and beats the shit out of Jafar with it, and that's that's just the end. Sure. That's sure. it. Because he just beats the crap out of Jafar. He just beats crap out of Jafar with a big statue. Then later they come back and they're like, "Well, why don't we make Jafar or Aladdin and Hercules fight instead?" And then that's a different thing. But that doesn't really yeah. have anything to do with our good buddy Jafar. Well, I would say that's his weirdest adventure. I'm going to assume, just based on what we know, that he's ripped backwards in time through his death, resurrected, made to fight uh, a hero who's not his, and beaten to death with a statue, which is a pretty bad way for Jafar to go. Yeah, he's just like, he's like, oh, I'm going to out-trick this, and like, Hercules is just so big and so strong that you can't, you can't, can't out-think of being hit with a giant statue <laughs> over and over again until you're knocked into the river of the sticks. River sticks. <laughs> which means, yeah, just beaten to death. <laughs> It is a metaphor. That's definitely so, the weirdest adventure. Exactly. So our next segment is Wizbiz. How could they use their magic to run a company? So let's look at, I think the fairest way to look at this is pre-Sorcerer Jafar. Pre-Wish Jafar. Yeah, because if it's post-Sorcerer Jafar, it's just like, well, he just creates a company out of whatever. And Thin just, air. You know, blah, just blah, does blah. It. Very boring. And it's, it's just more, it's, it's, he's got too much power. It's more interesting to look at. The limitations that he's working on. I think so it's let's, very let's... close is that he is currently almost running a company because some people would say that the government is like a company. I'm not one of those people, but there are some similarities. Sure, sure. He's going out. He's using his adventurer time and his Grand Vizier status to be collecting artifacts. You know, he could be doing that for a company um, very easily. Um, yeah. Imagine him going to, you know, the the board of directors meeting, you know, he has a one-on-one behind closed doors with the president. Mm-hmm. But how staff. is he creating value for that company, right? So he can obviously use his staff to rise up the ranks of that company easily, to convince them to do the things he wants. But what is he doing that adds value to that company? Well, let's let's take a look at this. So he's got the staff, and that gives yeah, him a that gives clear him advantage. Power, yeah, yeah, in, in any negotiations as well. So we can assume that in anything that his company does that involves a third-party vendor, mm-hmm. uh, that yeah, involves getting uh, getting do, favorable pricing, that involves mergers, for free, you know, and obviously it doesn't always work because you know when he tries to get the Sultan to marry uh, Jasmine to him, he's all like, "But you're so old." It doesn't yes, he won't, and he just won't. He he'll do it eventually, but he, he's he, got he, a little bit of resistance there. Bit of resistance, and the Sultan is. 
pretty weak will. Yeah, like here. I feel like he's, if you his had little life of decadence. Small, that yeah. might not work. So he, he he gives him an edge. It doesn't it doesn't just do it for him. It gives him an edge, exactly. and I think that edge. he has to offer them something. He can't just say work for free because no one's going to work for free. Exactly. Yeah, well, but he could be like, will. hey, here's you know. This is a good I, deal. You should take it, you know, and exactly. it's maybe not the best deal. Um, exactly. So that definitely gives him some benefits for running a company. Um, so the salesman, he's a negotiator. We've he's, also uh, determined he's incredibly smart. He's making, like, an engineer. Mm-hmm. Makes his own scrying equipment. He's catacombed the palace with, with secret giant passageways. Gears and passageways. Yeah. And so he's, he's clearly got architecture knowledge. They're strong enough to stop guards from going through, but gentle mm-hmm. enough to not kill a parrot when he's grounded to the gears of them. <laughs> oh, I forgot that scene. Yeah. So, yeah. Strong like they, enough they're, for they're, a guard, gentle enough for a parrot. So uh, it's sort of a, a whole thing there. Um, which is very impressive. If we're talking, you know, because it clearly has a close, a shutting sensor that won't let it just crush him, but will not let him move it himself. It's very interesting. Yes. Yeah, so, so he's he's got some some stuff going on, but I'm imagining that you know he's in charge. He's running out to get different artifacts and stuff. You know, he's, he's clearly the, a brilliant researcher and and, and manager. But yeah, he's we're looking at how he uses his magic here. How they use their magic to run a company because it's well, not just business skills. A lot business. of magic. As well, a guy, he's, he's, he's got, got magic scarab? artifacts. He's got the lamp. Yeah. So let's talk about the artifacts. What can he? What if can he, he do? If he were there? in a modern business, would those be the artifacts he has? Because what does the scarab do? The scarab does one thing. It finds the cave of wonders, and that's sure. it. And you can't go in the cave of wonders and get stuff. That doesn't work. No. You could trap your enemies there. Yeah, once though, because the cave of wonders like dissolves afterwards, and those scarabs. Goes to the cave of wonders twice. But after the lamp has been touched, it dissolves, and oh, the, scarabs, the scarabs melt. That's fair. You're right. And diamond in the rough, 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 melt. Rough. Yeah. So, I mean, you could – I guess sure. you could just stick people in there and not tell them to touch nothing. Well, so no. I, I think his yeah. biggest his biggest things are his magical engineering and his hypnotism staff then. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's not fair to take away, like – you know, his business acumen. I think that he's one of the smarter wizards that we're going to have, you know, straight up like intelligence. He's going to end up being able to research things that he needs. I could see if, you know, he's running a, I'm kind of imagining, you know, how in like a Indiana Jones movies that, the or, or a lot of like, or the big devil man with the big fist movies, uh, Hellboy. Hellboy, thank you, Kara. A uh, Hellboy. You know, how the Nazis are always out looking for like magical artifacts to like yeah. run their stuff. Yeah, like that's his main thing. Is this is a guy who can find whatever artifact you need to do the thing. He knows where it is, and he's going to know how to use it. And he's an adventurer who goes gets those. So I'm imagining a world where there's more artifacts than just the ones that he has. He's just going so out. So he's and get he's them. a scryer. He's good at finding things. Exactly. Let's say in the modern workplace, what would he be able to? What would he want to find that is going to be be usable in a business sense? I mean, in real life, there aren't really a lot of magical items. It really sort of puts him at a major disadvantage because there aren't any uh, magical items for him, and he is definitely powered by magical items that I don't think he makes himself, really. Mm-hmm. No, but he, um, he knows where to find them. He so he, find he's got them. the skills of recognizing where things are and uh, be, of doing the research to find them. And you know what that says to me? Mineral prospecting. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's like big old vein of platinum down here. 
Mm-hmm. Platinum, molybdenum, uh, all the sort of rare earth metals yeah, that we need that to make our stuff. modern electronics. He could find that. Oh, he could oh. offer, uh, frankly, disadvantageous deals for the land to people, even more so than those companies already do. Right. I'm just imagining this. So, you know how like people are like, oh no, back in the year of 2004, I bought 10,000 bitcoins and put them on a laptop and forgot about them and then threw the laptop into the dump and now I can never find it again. Bing, bang, Jafar boom, is going to find that. finds that laptop. He buys the whole dump for like $2 million. Mm-hmm. Pulls out that he, laptop, which he finds in like a day with you know his magic stuff. Gets those bitcoins, gets those bitcoins cashes them bam, in, he's worth uses like them to buy a molybdenum mine. Exactly. Uses that molybdenum, creates computer parts. Bing bang boom, he's uh, he's rising to the top. He's got his own yeah, he minerals even need corporation. A business so much as he just finds really valuable stuff and then has them. So he's a dowser. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And then he you know sells them, auctions them off, gets a great price for them because he can convince people to just. Keep bidding. So in the end, you know, the, the the pig power is the ability to find things and the charisma to sell them. And the intelligence to use the things that he finds. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I like that. So like that. Um, next is, uh, where are they now? What is the most recent adaptation of their I believe it's going to be a Kingdom Hearts. That features them. So, yeah, Jafar has recently been featured in Kingdom Hearts. What happened to him in Kingdom Hearts? So Jafar has a few cool things going on with him. He's reoccurring, and he is the second in command of from Maleficent. So she's, he's like the second biggest bad guy there, which is pretty cool because like a lot of the other villains do not reappear multiple times. They do not. But he is, uh, he is in multiple games. He is in, I think he's in every single one. Yeah, I'm looking at all the he Kingdom is. Hearts games, and he goes through basically the same process every time. Yeah, um, some some of them actually go based on Aladdin 2, which is interesting because he was the uh, first villain to be uh, in Kingdom Hearts and then to use the movie from a sequel. And all of Kingdom Hearts villains have their own, like, kind of, like, sin sort of thing going on where, like, they have a darkness that, that powers them. And Jafar's is hatred. Which really? I don't hatred. really think, yeah. I don't, I don't agree with that. Greed? Yeah. Lust for power? And then the other one, I- it is, it's like... They specify that he's arrogant, but it's mostly hatred. Is Pride, his yeah. Thing. Hubris. Yeah, you know, you'd think that would be a different one. He goes, yes, yeah, looks like he goes through the classic sorcerer genie trapped in lamp cycle over and over. Yeah, and you have to fight he's- him, and Yago is like run around above you, and you have to hit the lamp because he's invulnerable, and then mm. the lamp mm. falls into the lava. And- the classic cycle trapped to repeat his own mistakes. So I guess from this we can sort of summarize that Jafar is in hell. He's being forced to repeat the cycle of his greatest mistakes over and over and over. From sorcerer to genie to lamp to trapped to destroyed. Over and over and over and over. He doesn't grow from his mistakes. He doesn't learn from them. He's just forced to repeat them over and over in an endless cycle. And I think from this we we can sort of just surmise that Jafar is in hell. This is his hell. This is his hell. He's never able to have the power he craves, only able to see it and give himself hope for that brief moment before having it all snatched away. Yeah, and he also is still number twoing for someone, too, which must not be the best for uh, Oh, he's Jafar. never at the top. Yeah, he's Always number two. Number two. Always the Grand Vizier, never the Sultan. Yeah, that's, uh, that's rough. It is. Well, that's where he is now. Sorry, Jafar. Sorry, Jafar. Looks um, like... You're going to stay in 
in in what? hell. In hell. Probably yeah. they're going to keep making those uh making those, those kingdom hearts, hearts to keep making forever. Money. They're not they're yeah. not going to stop on that. It is a beautiful money making scheme right there. So, I can't believe it took off as much as it did, but at the same time, I'm not surprised it did. It makes a lot of sense. They're like, "Let's take the two most biggest things from two different countries, Final Fantasy and Disney, and mix them together and have an edgy Donald Duck with zippers. God, I love edgy Donald Duck with zippers and the edgy, edgy things he says. Oh, Ugh, I've, never played, Donald Duck voice. I've never played any Kingdom Hearts It's incredible. Give, your, do your, give yourself a gift and just Google Donald Duck talking about the reality of people's minds. Yeah. Like that? Exactly. Exactly. It's so great. I scared How people my cats convince that. themselves that they can't see the things they don't expect. Speaking of people convincing themselves, I think that's a good segue into our next segment, D&D &D and Debate. What class would they be in a classic RPG Dungeons & Dragons? I, I'm going to say Artificer. I'm not actually going to say, I'm not going to go with that. What do you think? Jafar is, unfortunately for him, a level 4 expert. Oh, brutal dude. He's an NPC class from the third and a, from third edition, mm -hmm. is what you're saying. Yes. The expert, which is a sort of a pseudo spellcaster, but really... No, nope. they're, they're, they're a no? pseudo rogue. They're a rogue oh. without sneak attack. And what they have is they have a specialty, which means they can specialize in skills. Any skill. Including Arcana. use magic device. Oh. Because they can use wands, even even things that are normally class dependent if you have enough ranks in it. So you Do get it, like a, a wand that only wizard can use, he can use it. You get a cleric device, he can use it. I, th I would disagree. I think level four expert, level one artificer. Or maybe higher, because he did create that, that, that big machine. He's just not able to utilize it well. He's just I, not, he's, sorry, he's, he's not able to make better things. So, the thing he's made is big and clunky and slow. I, I think I'm still going to go as expert, and I'm going to say that he has the feat, which allows you to get one magic spell and two cantrips. And his one magic spell is summon familiar. That's where he got it from. That's where Yago came from. Incredible. And you know what? I'll it. give that to you. That's that's a wizard point right there for Jordismo the Georgabulous. There we go. I've been thinking about this one for a bit. I'm like, I don't think he's actually a wizard class. <laughs> I think God. he's just an expert. Which is a real, like, he has got a lot of, like, ranks in looking like a, he's not a wizard, but he plays one on TV. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of the way this wizard looks, let's rate this wizard. Wait, wait, wait. We got to go over, I, I want to go into a little bit more in D&D and debate. I want to see what he would be as a, claims to be the most powerful sorcerer Powerful sorcerer. World. So he has the ability Polymorph. He's got Polymorph Other. He has, uh, clearly he's got the lasers. Staff spell. Let's call that disintegrate. Yeah, and he can summon things from a spell. gate, so he can cast gate spell. Gate spell. He can do lightning bolts. Uh, lightning he can bolt, summon he chickens can... in the Super Nintendo game. Uh, he can turn himself into a giant snake. Yeah, that's Polymorph Self. Could be Shape Change. Because Polymorph Self only lets you turn into animals that are real. You're right. Like things you've right. seen. Shape, shape and Shape Change, change he... lets you turn into whatever you whatever want. Whatever you want. It turns into a giant-ass snake. So if he wants to be a giant-ass snake, because there's no snakes that big. No. He's real well, big. Even in D&D yeah, D &D no world, I don't big. think there are any D &D snakes that well, big. Well, there's purple worms, so that's not really a that's snake. That's not really that's a, a snake. Worm. That's really more yeah. of a penis. What? <laughs> big purple. Yeah, god damn it. <laughs> Look at I the can't first edition. No, I won't. Art. I won't. Please don't make me. It's just Gary Kayak drawn dogs. Oh, Gary. So that's a pretty high-level sorcerer. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, he's the most powerful one in the world by definition. I'm gonna I'm gonna straight up just give him level twenty. Now, is he a sorcerer? Yes, 
It's powered by himself. He's not using any incantations. He's just using pure force of will. He's a sorcerer with, frankly, quite a number of metamagic feats, allowing him to go without. He seems to be using his staff as a uh, focus of his Mm. power. Okay. Because he rebuilds his staff. He's not using any incantations. He's not using any uh, material components, somatic components. So he's got now in fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons. If you have Mm. a uh, focus of power like a staff, orb, or crystal ball, or wand, you don't need some of those things unless the spell specifically calls for them. So what we're looking at then is a high-level wizard. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm not saying he's not a sorcerer. I don't think that there's a lot of difference really here. Um, well, he's empowered ones. by an outsider. Yeah, he could even be a warlock, but he's not like draining his power out of the genie. He has his power in his. I don't think he's a warlock. Yeah, but okay. But he's been gifted this power by something. Rather than his own study. His own study. Yeah, he's a sorcerer. I'm gonna go. I back. would say he's a sorcerer. Yeah, yeah, let's let's stick with it. I wanted to just explore that. I didn't want to just yeah. default sorcerer because he says the word sorcerer. But I think he definitely that would be where. Also, you know, he's really pulling it off with the the God, charisma he looks great. too. Look you notice? He is. I, I've noticed that his hat changes. Obviously, it's from Sultan to sorcerer, but from sorcerer pre-Sultan to sorcerer post-Sultan. Yeah, he, he gets a better hat. Bet much better hat, which re- leads us into. Next part of our show, rate this wizard. So he's got kind of a non-traditional wizard hat, but that's because he's, you know, from a different culture. Sure. Than like, you know, your Merlins, your Gandalfs, etc. Yeah. And I think it's he's a got style and a hat. Real nice it's, hat. It's beautiful. He's got it's, so, it's pure it's a, black with a red gem and a, a red feather. A mitre. I, I can't remember what that name that is how that pronounced that mitre. Yeah, that's how it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's got a miter. It's it's gorgeous. It's got that big red gem. It's got the big red feather. It's got pure black. It's got the the color story he's telling. Yeah, he is is incredible. Yeah, red and black with gold accents. Mm-hmm. I'd like to point out in the Super Nintendo game when he and I also think this happens in the actual show in the original Aladdin when yeah. he gets all evil. He changes the whole castle to his color scheme. He even puts Jasmine. Yeah, that's a wizard who understands color story, man. It's a wizard with style. He knows what colorways work for him. It looks great on him. It, it really, you know, it accentuates the shape of his face, accentuates the, like his height. It, uh, you know, it's got a clear line of design. I'm going to give this hat, I'm going to give it 12 out of 13 cantrips. And the only reason I'm not giving it 13 out of 13 cantrips is simply this. At one point, he changes into Sultan robes. It's he not doesn't as good. look as good. It's, it doesn't look as good. He gets points off for style. For I was going to go right to that. I was, I was, yeah. I agree with you entirely. He goes right to the white Sultan robes, and it's not his look. He does get points back for. Oh no! I just realized something that we have done a terrible mistake. As I was googling, we didn't talk about the live action <laughs> Aladdin. We're not going to talk about the live action Aladdin because that's where he would be now. That's his most recent appearance. Damn it! And he's sexy now. They made him young, so it wouldn't be as creepy when he flirts with Jasmine. Well, it's supposed to be creepy when he flirts with Jasmine. Yep, they made it. They made it less oh, sexually creepy. He also doesn't look. He does not look as good in the new. No, Aladdin. he's not as angular. Um, I mean, they actually got an actual Middle Eastern guy to play him, so he's not as racist. Yeah. So that's probably good. That's probably um, for the best. Also, I did find out uh, a little bit during research that they are going to make a live-action Aladdin too. Fuck. Right. Let's move past it. Okay. Well, we'll just we pretend acknowledge that we, we missed didn't. it. Yep. No, no. Let's just acknowledge it. We acknowledge the failure. We live in the failure. We let the failure make us stronger. Yeah, I'm Say okay with, with that. Say it with me. I acknowledge the failure. I acknowledge the failure. I live in the failure. I live in the failure. 
I let the failure make me stronger. I let the failure make me stronger. Onto his beard. Okay, yeah, so his beard... I love his beard, but let's, let's, let's look at it. So the beard, he's got the mustache and the curly pointy beard at the end. It accentuates his features. You know, he's, he knows what he's doing with it. Yeah. It's probably mean, the only beard he can that's grow. That's exactly what I was going to go. Like, that is the only beard that he can grow. There, he cannot get any more than that. That's everything he's got. But he's working what he has. Mm, mm-hmm. He's using what, it to its full potential. Yeah, let's take a second and imagine him with a bigger, fuller beard, which we can easily do because he poses as an old man with a, just a big hedge on his face. <laughs> Another point in the movie. Let's take That's a, a more that wizardly thing. beard. Yeah. Now, is Jafar's be- let's 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 look at this culturally too, and actually let's not because this is super racist. Yeah, let's beard. not look at that that let's portion culturally. of it. Let's just let's look at if this works for him, and if if there's room for improvement. I mean, I'll say this. I'm not going to give him full ranks for that beard. No. Because it's not a full beard. It's not It's not what we're looking for. Um, and it's a point of weakness for him during the film. Uh, Jasmine distracts him by playing with it. And a wizard's beard should never get in the way of the wizard's plans. Is that a rule? I, I think we should make it a rule. I think a wizard's beard should should either benefit the wizard or they should knowingly be sacrificing for the beard. You know what I mean? Also, the pictures of Jafar without his uh, hat on where he's just bald. In oh, between, he's bald. Oh, he's real weird looking. Yeah. Yeah, like there's some pictures of him when he takes off the beard and he's turning into it. Yeah. And it's bizarre. You know, I've tried to Google Jafar no hat can't find it well here like if you hold on a second i'm gonna post a youtube video which is real great for this podcast Uh and i want you to take a look starting at around 15 seconds maybe 14 seconds in actually yeah go to go to 14 seconds and watch from there because and this is a terrible youtube video by the way it is a picture of someone has yeah he looks terrible without his without the, the hat yeah, and well, that's why he goes out to the desert to be alone. He doesn't. He yeah. doesn't show that off. Mm. Yeah, you're right. Uh, so I'm gonna give his beard. It's styling. It looks good on him. It's the only beard he can grow, and it gets in his way. I'm gonna give it six cantrips out of thirteen. Mm, I'm gonna give it eight because I think okay. I, I want to give him some points for doing everything he can with that beard. You know, you know, this is the fair. best beard that Jafar could have. Let's average it out at 7 out of 13 cans. 7 is a good magical number. I, I it agree is, with it that. It is. Now, as for his magic, like, Nara doesn't the, really use it, doesn't really have it. It's very limited yeah. up until he makes that wish. In which case, then it's pretty good, but... It's pretty good. Yeah, you know, he gets it I'm for gonna like give, 10 yeah, seconds. Has it for like 10 seconds, then loses it. His magic is specific, it is limited, and... Um, this isn't like a time-traveling wizard no, god. No. He is, he is, I am giving him four cantrips out of 13. He has magic, he makes good use of it, it's kind of shitty. Yeah, I'm going to give him... I think four is a good one. Like, yeah. And that's including Sorcerer Jafar. Without Sorcerer Jafar, he's like a one. He's like a... I'd say a two. The mm. one is, is a much lower level. Two or a three without would, Sorcerer Jafar. Who would, be, who would be a one then, if he's a two. I think if we're putting we're we're putting people who we're, we're talking about wizards. Yeah, we need wizards who maybe have 
I'm just going to say that Jafar has less magic than Avrika Daniel. God, Jesus, you're right. He can't do cantrips. He doesn't have an mm. immortal squishy body. Mm. And there's, I can't think of any other wizards that have less wizarding than right. Jafar when he doesn't have his sorcerer. He has think, got items. I think the only wizard that would have less wizardry than Rin, Jafar Rinswind. is a magician. Yeah, Rincewind. Let's put Rincewind as our base level. And there's, like, reasons for that, so... Yeah. Because he's actually so, the most powerful wizard in the world. He is, but his base wizarding level, almost nil. He's a Vancean magic sorcerer who knows one ninth one level spell. spell, and it's yeah. using up all his slots. All of them. And he can't unlearn it. Nope. So we are... We're going to lose Rincewind as our, le- as our one out of... And we'll put him at two, because at least, at least Jafar can use magic items. He exactly. can fluently use them. Some wizards can't even do that. Exactly. So, four cantrips out of 13 for Jafar, including Sorcerer Time. Yeah. Finally, let's look at his digs. Um, as Dude I lives said, in the palace. He lives in the palace, and when it is his palace, he does change it to be matching color scheme Fucking with Fucking styling! He's got... You know what? Yeah. Yeah. It's styling, it's gorgeous, and, and it's got a good color scheme. And let's look at his lamp scheme. when he gets turned into a genie. Does he just it's get the standard... It's so cool. No, he gets no, like he an obsidian black Spiking, lamp black spines mm. and spikes and stuff. A, a lamp that looks like it's moving fast, even when it's perfectly exactly. still. Exactly. Yeah, that's a... He knows what he's... You know he, what? This is a fashion guy. This is a fashionable wizard. I'm not going to give him the full score yeah, because his because he's trapped in the lamp. And also, and when he's the, got the, he doesn't the, own palace, the palace, he doesn't own it. Well, he owns yeah. it. He is he is, source, he is he is he is the 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 sultan for like yeah five yeah. minutes. Yeah. And you know what? I'm going to give him eleven out of thirteen cantrips. I was going to go with ten. Ten uh, out of thirteen cantrips. But if you want to go for, for eleven, you know what? I feel bad about what I said about his magic, so we'll go with eleven. Eleven out of thirteen cantrips. This wizard. Hat, 12 out of 13 cantrips. Beard, 7 out of 13 cantrips. Magic, 4 four out of 13 cantrips. And Diggs, 11 out of 13 cantrips. Pretty good. This wizard's got style, but not power. Yeah, I see it. Mm-hmm. Next, can I put this on my van? So we just, we just determined this wizard has Color style. Scheme. It's got style. If you paint your van... In Jafar's color schemes, people will know that is a Jafar van. You just know that that is a Grand Vizier's car that cannot be trusted. No, it cannot. That this car is up to no good. Can you think of, like, imagine a big, dark, reddish-purple van. There he is in his power. He's smiling. He's got a snake staff. Mm He's got, like, magic sparkles, the red ones that come out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Snake staff is glowing. Oh, Mm. man. That'd Hell be a yeah. sick van. Hell yeah, that'd be a sick van. You can absolutely put this wizard on your van. You can put this wizard on your van. That's a van wizard. wizard. It's, diff- it's a different style of van than most wizards, which are more of the metal wizard. He, he oh, is yeah. not that, but no, you can go on your who's, van. Yeah, there's a goofy metal wizard you can put on your van that's like, oh, this guy smokes weed. Jafar is a wizard you can put on your van and you can get laid. You, you put Jafar- Even though Jafar himself cannot. I was going to say, you put Jafar in your van, and you go, this guy's probably a CFO. Hell yeah. You know? He, <laughs> this guy this guy owns his own house. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Whereas other, other, other wizards on the van, you're like, this guy owns his own bong. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Finally, our final segment. Was it worth it? Was becoming a wizard 
worth it for this wizard? Was the journey and all of the things they did worth it? So for, I, the, for magic, I think you know. Even though Jafar gets to revel in his power for probably less time than pretty much any wizard that we have, I think it was worth it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I it's agree. because it was great for Jafar so much as how miserable of a person Jafar is to begin with. But when he is a wizard, he is loving it. He is God, cackling. He so he much is fun. smiling. He's getting. Mm-hmm. He's get he he's been repressing a lot of anger and yeah. he is letting it out, you know. Getting it all out of his And if yeah. he didn't, he would just die a sad old bald man. This way he died a genie. Yeah, he died a genie melting in a giant pile of lava. Incredible death. Yeah, like real good death. Definitely worth it. I think I think that if you could go back in time and he could say like you say to Jafar, okay, you want to just be like an old man vizier for the rest of your life and probably get no. beheaded by Jasmine when she becomes sultaness or do what you did and die like that like two years later, he still does it. So Jafar, he ends up you know, imprisoned in a lamp. He is tricked. He's outwitted. He melts in lava. Everything he's done comes to ruination and he is you know, ultimately uh, overcome and forgotten by history. But he looked so fucking cool. His spells were amazing. And God, he had so much fun. 100% worth it. And he gets to come, it was totally worth come it. back from the dead. Yeah. Get a time travel shenanigan. And he gets to be number two in Kingdom Hearts. He's lived more than any of us. I mean, that's going to be the case for most wizards. Absolutely. Our final yeah, judgment? Worth it. Was it worth it? It was worth it. Yes. Totally worth it. That's, uh, that's the end for Wizard Boys today. Uh, it was a good... Uh, Talking to you, Maxilon. And you, Jordismo. This was, as always, a magical time. I'm Maxilon the Magnificent. And I'm uh, Jordismo the Jordabulous. And this has been Wizard Boys. Wizard Boys. The Wizard Boys theme song is Valborg Vals by Borg off their album The Triumph of Spring. You can find more from Borg on their Bandcamp page, borg.bandcamp.com.